just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and, as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence the show where we delve into the world of influence and persuasion to help you develop your influence and build authority in your industry and develop and master the skills of ethical influence and persuasion to become a powerfully persuasive communicator. We have had all kinds of guests on the show from people talking about the psychology of influence and persuasion, talking about marketing. Recently, we've been talking about branding, and storytelling and so many other things besides that this is going to be a bit of a first on today's show where we are talking about style now maybe not complete first we did have an episode a while back with Shelley Golden she was wonderful talking really about how to look good on zoom and that was great this is really talking about influence and style with somebody who has been styling people in Silicon Valley, the tech startup entrepreneurs, the nerdy, geeky kind of guys who, in his own profile, he says, may struggle to be seen or taken seriously, may have no clue about how to dress themselves and have any kind of gravitas to their looks, and sometimes may even struggle to get dates or even to get laid. And it's understandable then that working with somebody on your personal style and how you look can make a huge difference to how you are perceived and therefore to your own ability to be able to influence and persuade. These are the kinds of things that we get into on today's show. Joseph Rosenfeld is a professional stylist who has worked with many tech entrepreneurs and CEOs and incredibly successful people to help them develop their own personal style. He knows what he's talking about. I connected with Joseph in a clubhouse room. Yes, clubhouse is still going. It's still happening and it can be a great place to connect with and have conversations with people who you may otherwise not get to meet. That was how I met Dan French, who was on my episode 100, Professor in Rhetoric. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I did. It was fascinating for me, really insightful. And... I, I don't think I've ever really heard anyone else talking about the style of influence and persuasion before. So hopefully it's a fairly unique conversation that you get to listen to today. So I'm just going to leave it to you to enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. 
If you're a coach, speaker, or course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost-effective than most other similar platforms. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New Zendler as the all-in-one solution for your business today. Welcome to Speaking Influence. Today, I've made a little bit more of an effort with my appearance than I might otherwise do. I've brushed my hair and my beard and everything because I am speaking to a style advisor, someone who I've been really looking forward to speaking. We actually connected on Clubhouse a while back and I was just really fascinated by his profile and pestered him and asked him to come on the show and he finally agreed. And so I'm very happy to be welcoming Joseph Rosenfeld to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you, John. Joseph, one of the things that I've been most looking forward to discussing, which I have never really discussed on the show before, is going to be around influence and persuasion and the looks of influence and persuasion style and impact of that. Before we get into all of that, though, I'd like to know for you, who is somebody who you particularly maybe look up to, respect and admire for their influence and persuasion and for what they've done with that and why? This will probably be an unusual answer coming from me, if you don't know me, but for people who are listening and watching who do, this will not come as any surprise. That person to me is Stevie Nicks, the singer, songwriter, and front woman of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Her music saved my life as a child, and when that's already, you know, like significant influence, if you can say that about another human being. Yeah. Thing is, way before anyone started talking about personal branding, I actually was studying her as a kid into my teenage years and throughout her life, my life. And what I think is so fascinating is she looks like she sounds and she looks like she sounds like she sings and like she writes. So there's the lyrics or the poetry. There's how she sounds when she sings it. There's the intonation. There's the where she holds tone. And then there's this whole thing about how she looks. And when you listen to the music or you see her in concert or you look at her on a music video or in some other kind of performance, like a TV performance, the way she behaves, the way she shows up creates a feeling. I call it an aura in her case. I, as the onlooker and the listener, am taking all of this in and I am treated to an entire experience that comes from her. She's probably the greatest teacher about image and branding that I've ever had. And yeah. that's kind of an unusual example, but someone that I could really study and follow and see evolution and at the same time, some kind of constancy and consistency about her over time. Yeah. 
it's not an answer I would have expected, but the way you explained it completely makes sense. And so, so that comes across very well and, and probably is a testament to her really knowing herself that well to be able to come through, like for her personality and her authenticity to shine through in every aspect of what she does, how she looks, how she sings, how she writes, all of those things. That is a very powerful thing. So in terms of influence and persuasion, knowing yourself and having that come through and communicated through all those aspects, that's incredibly powerful. So a great example. Thank you for sharing that. Wonderful. Yeah, of course. I think it's important for us to have a bit of a foundation here in terms of understanding what it is that you do, because you help a very particular group of people with their fashion, with their style and their image. And so maybe in this case, I don't always ask people for full information about what they do, but in this case, I, I really want to dive into that a little bit because it's, it's, it's one of the things that made me really want to speak to you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's nice to be stood out as someone who's a little different in that regard. You know, everybody gets dressed. The question is, are we all paying attention to how we look in, in terms of how we use our minds and how we use our own likeness to communicate with other people. And so it's kind of ironic. You are dressed a certain way today. And in a way, um, we're kind of mirroring each other, even with our colors. I don't know. It was like I was having a little kind of empathic sense of how I wanted to show up for you because yeah. I know you on some level yeah. and had a sense that you would show up looking as you do. And so we're both in plaid and I've even got a little rust color going on. That was like a last minute detail that I decided to do. And that kind of sensitivity is exactly the kind of work that, that I do as an image consultant and personal stylist. Yes, I wear fashionable clothes and yes, I promote the idea of wearing current uh, fashion uh, for all my clientele. Fashion isn't what I lead with. Clothing are just tools in the toolbox to help us put on what we need to create more of a mood and more of a focus for ourselves so that we're able to better serve the needs of people around us. And that could be professionally, that could be in your family and that could be in your community. Yeah. So I'm very interested in understanding who an individual is. And I have a process for doing that where I study things around a person's coloring, not just the physical coloring that I call color DNA, like the color of your eyes, your body red, your slash hemoglobin, the whites of your eyes and teeth, the color or colors of your hair, and all of that. But there are all the other colors that um, you can wear that support your whole energy. And I love studying a, a person through the uniqueness of their own color palette and understanding more about who a person is at their essence. And then I also love to study by a mind map, essentially, what a person's personal style is on the basis of how a person identifies 
with their own personality, qualities, traits, and characteristics, and how they envision that they would like to grow and develop further. So not merely a snapshot of I am statements that are in the present moment. They are, I want to be, or I need to be more statements that address the future self. Yeah. Then what I love to do is take the current fashion, see it as being on the leading edge of the future, and then helping somebody to not see current fashion as a trend, but as a signature of the self that marries the now and the later and putting all of that into now so that a person can achieve, can have the look that they are on the verge of achieving the success that they envision for themselves and that they can do that right now. That's a very powerful thing. And what first really, really made me want to reach out to you was seeing your clubhouse profile. I mean, you were speaking in a clubhouse room. I think it was with Bob Berg, the the guy from, I'm forgetting what his his stuff is called now. Code giver, yeah. So it was in a room with him and you were speaking in the room and I checked out your profile. I was like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And and there was a lot of fun in how you described yourself as well. It was certainly your character came through in, in your profile. I think a lot of people find that I see a lot of profiles where there's no real character there. It's just a description, but you had some fun, some characters, some uh, personality coming through in that as well about what you do and who you help particularly in around working with people in uh, Silicon Valley kind of area and people who might be described otherwise as geeks or nerds who struggle with style and image and maybe even struggle with things like getting dates and and stuff like that. And these are particularly people who you often work with and help too. It's absolutely true. And it's wonderful working with these kinds of folks um, because in a way, they emancipated me from being someone who had a very uh, good career in high-end retail in my Chicago days, which, which is where I began all of this journey. And I was always pretty geeky myself. And working with fellow geeks really helped me to geek out where lots of times people are really interested in the bottom line result, geeks are not necessarily any different about that, but they're so interested in the process. And so even when I'm, you know, close to or about to onboard new clients, they always want to know, how does this work? It's like they want a little pre-work proof that the process is solid and that even if the process is that I will do a lot of this work for you and I will hold your hand and I will make it feel safe and comfortable for you to evolve your look. They all want to know about the process. And I'm very much about the process as an experience, as a journey to take. That it, it can be presto change-o, um, but, but also people want to be able to go through what that experience is like. And I like to be able to work at the pace of my client not at the speed of light that I can work at because I'm in my zone of genius, right? Right. So it's pretty cool working with folks like that who you think also with geeks, especially in the technology sector, that their brains are also functioning at a very high and fast level because they're also in their zone of genius. So 
it's interesting to see them fall back away from that because when they come to me for help and guidance, it is because they are not so strong in this area, but I can teach them how, and then they love that part. In the end, the point I want to make about this, Johnny, is that it's one thing to buy a wardrobe of clothes, but it's another to own the look. Because when you buy the clothes and they hang in the closet, you go to put them on knowing how to put them together, how to put pieces of clothes together to make an outfit, and then to be able to walk out of your house and to go to a meeting or to sit down on a Zoom call or, you know, whatever, being able to do that with ease and confidence is what every human being deserves. And most people really do dream of that. It's a real deep desire. Yeah. It, it's, as I said, it can be a very transformational experience, not just in how people look, but of course it can definitely affect how people feel, their own confidence, and probably more things besides. And, and I wonder what you mainly notice in the transformation that you tend to see with your clients. Do you see that it's not just how they look, do, but what do you really see as being the main difference that they experience working with you? I find that people have more gravitas overall, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, which really means that when they show up for other people and even for themselves, that they take themselves seriously in the moment, even when the moment is about having fun, is about socializing, is about going out on dates, going out with a spouse on a date night out. All, all of that is about really having respect for the moment, which I think is an extension of what gravitas is really all about. But I also think it is very important through all of this is that this is an environment. What we each wear is an environment. And if all the thinking that we do and all the creating that we do emanates from within the container of the body, I think that fashioning the container of the body with amazing looking style then helps a person to show up for all of these moments and they get more out of life as a result. So I have worked with executives who were in the C-suite who wanted to elevate up and up and up and up. And while doing that, were also interested in developing their leadership profile, in building the company, making more money for the company and, you know, serving the stockholders and the employees and all of that. And certainly, of course, about self-enrichment. Yeah. So I've seen that happen. I've seen people go from being single and not feeling good about going out on dates to becoming engaged and getting married to people who they didn't even know before they started working with me. And in short order, felt transformed and confident enough to be able to make those approaches. I have several clients who have gotten married under my watch, and one even asked me to officiate their wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> there are a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of different things over, over all the years of my working. I've certainly helped people who felt like they should lose weight, but really needed to earn a living, not weight to lose the weight before they were ready to absolutely go 
after what they really wanted to do. And what they needed was confidence in themselves and a way of being able to look um, at themselves in a way where they felt self-contained, where they felt self-controlled and how that could turn around for other people and say, yeah, I really want to do business with you. That's fantastic. So, I mean, you really are helping people to dress for success in a very real way. It is not just a by the book statement. And I've taken that idea a little bit further to tell my clients dress for the life you want, not for the life you have, because in today's day and age, most of us are working wonky, crazy hours. Our work life and our personal life become so intermixed. We're socializing with people that we associate in business. And yet we also, and we hopefully are doing these things because it's all enjoyable. It's not transactional. It's about creating relationships with people. And sometimes I have even found quite frankly, that some of the most transactional people I know get into having better relationships and it creates greater balance in life because the relationship creates the transaction. To me, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of the work that I've done over years of coaching and training that the journeys of personal transformation that I've worked on with clients over that time is a lot of it is about stepping into who they really want to become, not waiting until this is there or that's there, but being there. And you've alluded to that already, that you are helping people dress for that. And I think that is a big part of it because looking the part is, is a big deal. It's important to us. We are generally very visual people. If you look that and you feel that in yourself, then that is pushing you really to elevate yourself, to step your game up and to show up as that kind of person who you already want to be, to actually be there, not like faking it, but actually um, elevating yourself to live up to that. Yes, of course. Think about this. Some things that I'm working on now are I'm working with trial teams to help them tip the scale at trial in their favor ethically by helping people show up to address a jury in a courtroom a judge in a courtroom. It could be for a, a hearing that happens before trial, could be for a deposition even before trial, some kind of potential settlement negotiation before trial. And then if things do get to trial and they are in front of the jury, all things being equal, if you've got a set of hotshot lawyers on one side and a set of hotshot lawyers on another side, hotshot meaning they're uh, high profile, very smart, well-educated, top of their game, who is showing up and basically looking more relatable to the story that they need to tell at the time of whatever these meetings or encounters are, either outside or inside of a courtroom. We're always, so even for the (laughs) non-lawyers, all of us are, you know, telling stories. The stakes are super high in the case of these corporate trials that I get involved in now. And I want people to be able to tell the best story that they can because it's absolutely part of how they best prosecute the case or defend themselves against an accusation that they feel they can prove otherwise. So 
all of us are in the position of not necessarily prosecuting or defending ourselves, but even when we want to support another human being, to be able to show up and be supportive of a person requires a certain kind of a look. As a leader, to be able to demonstrate a certain kind of confidence in the team or in one's own self as the leader, pay attention to me requires a certain kind of a look. Someone who is running some other kind of an organization, maybe a service organization, needs to show up yet a different kind of a way. All different scenarios require that we be true and genuine, authentic to ourselves, whatever word you like in that little series of ideas. And yeah. yet, it, you can't be you and ignore the audience or your purpose for being in front of them. Right. All of that comes into play. You mentioned one of my favorite words earlier, which is gravitas. And I can certainly understand how you look has an impact on your gravitas, on people taking you seriously, on being able to command a room and command respect from people. How do you start that journey with somebody of uh, maybe they feel like they don't have that. They may be identifying as geeky and nerdy and are not feeling that they have the respect to people that people just look at them and maybe think, well, you're just a, you're just a nerd, you're just a geek. How do you start that journey with them? Well, as I mentioned, by doing my profile sessions around color and style, I get to learn a lot about a person because they're teaching me. One part of it, I'm really doing a lot of the studying because most people have trouble with color. If I ask a series of people to tell me what color eyes they have, oftentimes most of the people in that sample grouping will be incorrect. So I use what I see with my vision to know somebody from that level. But when it comes to personality, I don't want to judge or even evaluate with my own eyes what I observe about somebody because not only may I be wrong, but the way that that person presents themselves to me and the way they are therefore presenting themselves to the world writ large may very well be incorrect because they don't know any better yet. So when I study a person and they teach me who they say they are and who they want to be, we're on the honor system, the honor that they are teaching me what they know about themselves without any interference as best they can. And then for me to honor what they tell me about themselves. And so when I learn that and I'm listening to someone, I hear their voice. I listen to their vocabulary. I have a deeper sense of understanding of who a person is. When I then go out and say, okay, here is the set of clothing that is for the purpose that you engage me, whether it's a trial or someone is elevating positions or are going out on dates or whatever the situation is, I then want them to try things on and tell me how they are embodying the look. Yeah. And I have, with this process, a very precise way of selecting almost 
well, it's over 95% accurate what people should have on their bodies that help them communicate to themselves and to other people. And I think in the end, that communicates gravitas to that, to the wearer, to my client. And it also really helps the people around them see that they put intentionality in, that they put yeah. some kind of effort in to how they're showing up. So when they're thinking about how they want to portray themselves and they're even thinking, well, what is this conversation going to be like? What is this meeting going to be like? What would I like to put into it? What would I like to get out of it? So it's a win-win for that person and the others involved. That to me shows a sense of deference. It shows a sense of respect and it shows a sense of, again, that intentionality puts people puts the, the person, the individual that I'm working with in the position of really thinking in terms of outcomes. And that speaks to what gravitas really is overall. It makes a person feel good about what they're doing. We'll return to speaking influence in a few moments. I'm very proud to say that speaking influence is sponsored by the good people at Brandface. And you may be wondering if your personal brand represents you the way it should. Well, now you can find out with Brandface Score. It's a simple and fast system designed to give you honest feedback about your brand and how others perceive it. The best part? It's free for a limited time. So get your Brandface Score now and learn to stand out from your competitors. Visit brandfacescore.com. That's brandfacescore.com. Find the link in the show notes and get your score today. You're an expert in what you do and you've been doing it for uh, some time. Do you find that you have some natural intuition towards this or do you try and suppress that and go through this process so that you don't perhaps bias your own ideas into the, into what they really want or need? Yeah, I don't like to bias myself. In fact, there's a reason why I do my color profile before I do the style profile, because the style profile could bias my eyes if I realize, oh, they belong to, you know, this look or this look or this look, which I know has to do with a certain range or ranges of different kinds of colors. I start out organically and let that happen and then let them do the next part second and everything always reconciles beautifully. I've never had something that was discordant. Yeah. And that speaks to your topic around or your question around bias because I really don't want to prejudge anybody even though I have absolutely a natural intuition that after over 30 years of working with folks on their personal style and image and dressing them means that I would be foolish to think that I know it all. I only know that the more I keep working, the more I keep learning. I let my clients be the teacher. Often I get to be the humble student who studies them because there's only one them. There's only one that person. And I want to really revere and respect their individuality so that I can help them properly strategize the way they should visually communicate. 
that that certainly makes for a very unique experience then each time that you work with somebody with really nothing being prescriptive is like they are guiding you to where you go with them and and to what kind of recommendations that you have for them so i i definitely like the sound of that i do wonder though are, are there some particular style points in your mind that do reflect that gravitas that we talked about if a person should show up wearing tailored clothing, like a suit or a sport coat, even knowing whether a sport coat for a guy and a pair of slacks is the right look versus a suit, that matters. The shape of the lapel could even matter, but that's based on a person's personality to my way of seeing it. For ladies, I think if a woman feels really good in a dress, and yet maybe she is also in what is still considered, unfortunately, somewhat a man's world or a man's role, I wouldn't necessarily want her to show up trying to look like a dude in the suiting if what really suits her best is a dress. So mm -hmm. sometimes the level of formality has to switch to meet one's own needs right? Because every one of us has to have our needs met and we, we have to be able to show up in this right way for the role that we're playing at that time. I hope that that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I was just thinking that I used to be cabin crew for an airline and most of the time that I was cabin crew, I would work in the first class cabin and you would often see particular, particular ways of dressing and also a, some particular ways that people would hold themselves, you would nearly always get that sense. I mean, obviously with celebrities, you already know who they are, but, but you would nearly always get that sense. Uh, and you would know straight away if somebody was in first class who wasn't used to being there and, and those sorts of things, you, you would see that. So you do pick up on those things. But I, I do think we are very visual people and we do tend to make judgments very quickly on people based on how they look and what we interpret. What perhaps are the, if we're not, if we're a bit clueless on this, like I don't consider myself to be completely clueless on fashion, but I'm also not particularly into, into this as well. It's not something I would spend that much time on. I just try to pick stuff out that I like. But if I were wanting to increase my own level of gravitas or for anyone who may be listening to this, where, where could I start that would help me to turn things up to a higher level? If you could do nothing more than take the true body coloring that you have on your head, your hair, your eye color, and if you have multitoned hair, like you have it in your beard, as do I, by the way, and even if you can tell that your eyes might be able to twist in color a little bit, some people with blue eyes can actually pivot them into something a little bit green when you hold up something turquoise or something in that neighborhood of color can also manipulate the eye to become a little bit greener. If you do a little bit of testing around like that and you repeat those exact types of colors on your physical body, you're automatically creating a kind of elegance even without having to put on formal looking clothes. The other thing I would say is that if you really want to look 
a little bit more polished, avoid wearing so much pattern and go into things that are more solid. And if you want to look a little bit softer while you do that, choose one accessory. Try to keep things to a minimum where you create a focal point where the objective is that the focal point really comes back up to your face. All of this creates a kind of visual balance that onlookers are striving for. And that kind of visual balance creates a look of attraction. And I don't mean hot, sexy attraction. It's that there can be this sense of stylish attraction that creates curiosity in the onlooker, if in the onlooker's eyes, so that when they are gazing upon you, they're kind of interested and curious about you. And you showing up using your own physical likeness to create a palette of color, if you will, can help you to show up in a way that is natural to who you are and that people are already tapping into. I have to say it like this, Johnny. People have a sense of feeling about us based on the way we look. Call it a judgment, an evaluation, any of that. People have a feeling that flows through us faster than the fluency that we might have to understand it. So we are all living in society. We are all creatures of learning about things like color psychology, but most of us don't have the fluent language that I have to be able to describe what a person is sensing, what a person is feeling when they see color. What I'm saying is that when you put on in your case, maybe a gray, because you've got gray in your hair, you've got gray in your beard, you're showing up to somebody as someone who is a quiet listener that wants to like absorb and learn. And you are kind of that way. And so what I'm saying is people who know you well already know that about you. And so you're really branding your apparel, your style, to who you actually are. There's nothing discordant there. And then what that does is it creates more believability. It reverberates into the people that you're hanging out with. And they might have to get at you a little bit to say, hey, can can you add something to this conversation? And that's a really wonderful way for people to recognize you, but they don't necessarily know with fluency of language why that's happening. They have a feeling that's faster than that fluency. And that is how color and style play roles in our lives that are like super important. Yeah. Now, I know you can't really discuss who your clients are that you work with, probably for obvious reasons. They may not appreciate it, but I wonder from you if we can get uh, maybe a sense of some of the people who are maybe in public life who you see getting it right, male and female, alike, in terms of their style and their the gravitas with that. 
as a female example, I think Christiane Lagarde does an incredibly great job with her style. And I think that she shows up with pitch perfect gravitas in her role. I have great respect for how she shows up and how she shows, um, not just great impeccable style, but a kind of deference for other global leaders with whom she meets and for citizens of the European Union who her work impacts on a daily basis. And so I think that she does very well. I think that Jeff Bezos also shows up very well from a, a male's perspective. He's worked a lot on his body over the years. He's definitely buffed up and seems to me he really fancies a lot of Brunello Cuccinelli, although not exclusively. And I think that the clothes really suit him very well. I think he's morphed beyond being kind of a retail tech guy because now with Amazon Studios and things of this nature and Amazon going to space and all these yeah. other ventures of his, he really has developed a look that looks modern and doesn't look like the sales guy from Seattle anymore. And I think that it also even supersedes his abundant wealth. There is a look about him that uh, makes him look nimble because of how well fitted his clothing is. You could almost look at him in a suit and think, wow, he could practically go running in that thing. And I think that's really true for who he is, just looking at him from the outside, looking in. He appears to have that kind of that kind of quickness in all ways. And the way that he shows up enhances that. Now, of course, there are also people who look at all of that and probably see that and think, well, you know, that's not so great. I think that those are just some of the, the naysayers who just don't like him or whatever. But there's always, I say, when you have haters, which when you're at that level of wealth or that level of infamy, <laughs> you're always inevitable. But people are paying attention. That's the thing. And I think that if when you're in control of the message, which he is, which Christian Lagarde is, we are all in control of the messages that we deliver. I think both of them really get the message right and they deliver. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think it's probably a good thing that uh, you know, the people are going to su support uh, and like what these people do, and people who aren't. It, it suggests that they're not trying to please everybody, and and that they know themselves well enough as well to know what they want, and that the supporters are welcome along and detractors. Well, it's just part of life. I wonder. I don't want to. You know, it would be unfair to ask if there are examples of people getting wrong, but I do wonder if there are some particular style faux pas that you see quite commonly that you think would be better to be avoided? Hmm. Well, I think that generally speaking, and this is a little bit more of a mind thing than necessarily hard visual examples. I do think that there is an issue around people showing up as the lowest common denominator. Say, you're a person who got a ticket and needed to go to court to fight the ticket. And you show up with respect for the court and get dressed up nicely, whatever that is for you. And then you're there and you see a whole bunch of other people who are showing up 
who are wearing jeans that are like exposing their tush with their underwear exposed and people who are just showing up looking disrespectful. I've been hearing from people who have been telling me about their situations like this, where they say, gosh, I almost really feel like I overdressed and I have to say in response, why would you let the lowest common denominator drag you down? You should really raise the standard by being exactly who you are and how you showed up. Why are we having a moment in society where we're looking at things as though we should tone down? And as a result of an example like that, I think that people show up looking too laid back, too casual. Yeah. You know, my idea of casual as a definition is that you're leaving something to chance. When the stakes are high in your life, do you really want to leave things to chance? That's no. the question. <laughs> Should it be not? <laughs> yeah. So out of my own curiosity, someone comes on and wants to work with you and you have an avatar, I suppose, of people who you like to work with particularly. How long does that process generally go on for? Well, the engagement can go pretty quickly. In a matter of hours, I can get to know all the things that I need to know in order to go out and then build a wardrobe, which then takes me the time it takes me, and then it takes time to present to the client where it's a lesson on here's what's for you and here's why. Try it on. Let's discuss. Make some decisions. And then let's go in for alterations and, you know, presto change. now you have your stuff. And I photograph all the outfit combinations. And that way on someone's iPhone, for example, we just have something to share between that client and me, private album, where it's like I'm in their pocket. When they don't know what to wear, all they have to do is go to their phone and say, okay, this is how I assemble an outfit. And when something comes up where they say, I need to be particularly extra intentional today, not only do I have great ensembles that I can put together now, but when I'm going to be in this situation and meeting with this person, and this is what I want to say, and this is what I want to have as the outcome of the day, knowing, Joseph, what I have, what would you tell me to wear? And I would say, okay, client, this is what you should put on. And it works. So a lot of this can go pretty quickly in terms of an initial engagement. And then what's lovely is that I have clients that have worked with me for years. And that's because they really appreciate the relationship. And they know that someone is there as their trusted advisor to help make sure that they do things well. Yeah. And uh, that's really important. I feel like we've learned a lot from you here. And uh, I know that uh, we, we have to start moving towards wrapping things up, but it's been honestly fascinating. And I'm, I'm so happy that we got to have this conversation. And I'm also sure I'll probably think of a thousand more questions that I wish I'd asked after we finished speaking. <laughs> but with everything that we've learned today, this show being all about influence and persuasion, I have to ask you, for you, what is your own greatest strength around influence and persuasion? Like if you had a superpower in influence and persuasion, what would you describe that as being? empathy. I want to be able to put myself in someone else's shoes. And so I want to stop 
and listen and learn and feel and be with another person on their journey and understand what it is that they're coming from and where they want to go to. And I love being that support person who stays discreetly in the background, advising and guiding and sometimes mentoring my clients and helping them see how they can be the greatest sense of self for themselves and those around. It makes me so happy. And it all happens from empathy. Well, given the way you described your process of working with people, that makes perfect sense. Let me ask you this then. I always ask my guests for a book recommendation. I know I forewarned you for this as well. Uh, you can give more than one if you would like to, but if you were going to recommend a book, it could be to do with looks, it could be to do with influence, it could really be anything that you think would be impactful for people, maybe something that you've really liked. What would be your recommendation? Well, a book that I'm reading right now is called The Big Leap. And I think it's very powerful what I'm reading. No matter how many things I've read, I continue to delve further into things. And I think a lot of people have already read that book. And I feel like I'm later to coming to it. If you've read it, it'd be great to reread. I think it would be one of those books I would reread um, after I've completed reading it now. Another book that I really love is about Strengths Finder. And there's actually a, a self-evaluation that you can take that's part of the whole thing that Gallup, the polling company, operates. And I love it because despite the fact that I'm an image consultant and personal stylist, in order to really style someone for their brand, it's really important to understand what your brand strengths really are. And so to be able to learn not necessarily from people around you, which your reputation creates your brand, but to know what you see in yourself are your own brand strengths is a beginning point and a very important, crucial point, not even just a beginning point. It's like a center point of understanding who you are so that you can telegraph that information out to other people so that they're getting that right. So you can't have style without the substance. And I think that that is a substantive piece of work, Strengths yeah. Finder. I went and took that test after the last time we spoke a few months back and I found it very useful, very insightful. In fact, I, I, even after this conversation, I feel like I need to go and revisit my results from that just to remind myself of what came up. But yeah, I, I think it was a, a great recommendation. I appreciate that. If anyone who's tuning in thinks oh, they would like to know more about you, maybe even come and work with you, what, what would be the best way for them to find out more? Well. I would encourage you to check out my website, which is josephrosenfeld.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also findable there as well. On my website, I have a number of complimentary reports that are available uh, for download. And I'm also available to have complimentary 30-minute consultation conversation. No obligation. I just like to learn about what people are doing with themselves and, and what makes them interested in developing their personal style and seeing if we're a right fit. Excellent. Well, all of the links to connect with you and for the books you mentioned as well, that will all be in the show notes for anyone who would like to go and check those out. I will be taking a good look around myself. 
as we do wrap things up, let me ask you, I mean, there's a lot of value in this particular episode. I think a lot of people, a lot of things that I would be going back and revisiting and making notes on because you shared some really great insights. But if there was just one thing above everything else that you hope people will take away from our conversation today, what do you hope that would be? I would like for you to know that style is not a surface game, that you can transform yourself by addressing the way you look and so that people will get to know more about who you are from the inside out. I literally saved my life on this premise as a teenager and by discovering the power of personal style. And for me, it's like breathing because it's what I do and it gave me a second chance at life. But I also know that for you, personal style has its own power to help other people get the best out of you and for you to give others your best. Absolutely. That's a great message to finish on. Joseph Rosenbaud, I really appreciate everything you shared with us today. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest on Speaking Influence. Thank you for having me. It's my honor. What can I tell you? I knew that was going to be a good show. I hope you enjoyed it as well. It was very interesting and exciting to be exploring style as it relates to influence and persuasion. And I hope that you have taken away some useful learning and ideas from this conversation as much as I have certainly taken away some new knowledge and information and I will be considering my own personal style in some new and different ways. Do remember to go and check out Joseph's website if you would like to know more and actually have a consultation with him about your own personal style. And of course, do check out our sponsors Brandface as they are currently offering a special promotion to give you a branding score to help you figure out if your brand is being seen and received in the right way by your ideal customer. Well worth taking them up on that opportunity. I have a video on my YouTube site all about how that process works. It's very, very easy. And of course, you can go and visit brandfacescore.com and find out your brand score today. Coming up on the show pretty soon, well, I'm excited to say that we are getting confirmation of having Chris Ducker coming on the show soon at some point. I have recently recorded an episode with Alex Sanfilippo from Podmatch and Pod Pros, and that was an amazing conversation as well as some other incredible guests coming up. So do make sure you are subscribed and tuned in for those. We don't charge anything for this show and we only ask that if you've got some value from it, if you've enjoyed the show and found it useful, please share it out with your network. It's what helps us to grow and keep growing. And always we welcome honest reviews. If you would like to leave an honest review for the show, either on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or on Podchaser, then I will read out your review on the show. You will get a shout out on the show. Good or bad, I will read out your reviews and, and unless they're offensive, of course, in which case I'll keep them to myself. But I would love to hear what your opinions are on the show. And of course, if you would like to be a guest or you have some ideas about who would be a great guest for the show, please get in touch with me. Contact me on Twitter at John A. Ball or contact me on LinkedIn, John Alexander Ball on LinkedIn or look for my company Present Influence. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. 
Thanks for taking some time with us. Go and make great things happen.